What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 54 of Beef's Beef uh, on site in Kissimmee, Florida, waiting to uh, go to the game tonight. We are actually going to be in attendance of the Louisville-Alabama game. Uh, I have a, a good guest with me here today, one of my good buddies, Mr. Chris Lewis. We've been friends for about uh, almost 11 years now. Yeah, 11 um, years in October. Yeah, October 2nd, actually, is when we started at UPS. But October 3rd. I thought it was October. It was was it October third? Was the third? I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I forgot that. Uh, but we got Chris on here with me. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good, man. Uh, kind of excited to be on here. I was wondering when you were gonna finally get me on your show. Yeah. It's only been doing this for about a year. Uh, not not yet a year, but close to it. And I, I told you, man. I told you I'd get you on here, and this is the perfect time. I remember when they announced the game. What three, four years ago? You were, I think, the first person. I tell you, I feel like it was both of us. We both, like, yeah, we're going to that. I even remember coming back from the Sugar Bowl. I stopped in Alabama to take a little tour and like, how cool would it be to play them? Yeah. A couple years later, here it is. It's it's awesome. I can't wait, man. Um, we're what we're gonna do today is a little preview of the game. Um, we, I, I know myself. The past couple of days, I don't know why I've, I've had a feeling that we were gonna win. I know Chris and I have, ta- have talked about it. Um, I'm not gonna give away what what we think. But uh, I, I don't know why. I've, I've had a pretty good feeling about how this game is going to go. So the, the biggest thing that came out, it was either late yesterday or early today, is Nick Saban said that the quarterback controversy in Alabama is still going to be there. Came out and said both of them are going to play. So he's kind of like, well, I'm showing you my cards, Bobby, but I'm not really showing you them. And, I, I mean, it, it's kind of smart on his on his side to – Say, hey, you know, I'm going to play both of them, so you're going to have to prepare for both of them, but you don't know which one you're going to have to prepare for. It's almost like it seems like a Bobby Petrino type thing. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm ready. I, I can't wait. I think uh, if we're looking at both quarterbacks, if you had to pick, which one would you want to play against? Oh, man, that's really tough because Jalen doesn't make a lot of mistakes, but he also wasn't really a big, from what I've seen, a big home run threat. Yeah. I really haven't watched much of Tua other than like most people the championship game. I mean, he came in and mop up dude just like Jawan, and he performed when he came in there. So I think either way it's going to be a tough, tough game no matter who we're playing. You feel like if it's Jalen, it's going to be smash it down your throat, Alabama type football. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be your more traditional. I'm going to run the ball. We're going to make you stop the run because he doesn't. Have, to me, his arm talent isn't quite what I've seen from Tua. Oh, no. You got to really respect it. And now, if you if you get to a, to me, some one of my buddies actually made a, a pretty good point to me the other day. He said the thing with Tua, you got it's it's really two sides of the coin. You have the greatest you have the greatest chance of winning, and you also have the greatest chance of getting blown out. Because the, just like you said, Jalen's not going to take chances. He's going to he's going to check down. He's going to run, or he's going to he's going to hand off for the run, or he's going to run himself. Or Tua is going to take the 15-yard sack and then hit you with a 50-yard touchdown like it did in the championship game or try to fit it in a tight window. So if you're asking me, I would rather have Tua, but also wouldn't rather have Tua. It's well, it's funny because, like, if you got Tua, I would rather him be my quarterback than it was my team because I mean, growing up watching Brett Favre, I liked to, you know, feast or famine type of plays. Yeah. But there's something to be said when Jalen Hurts has been your starting quarterback and he's lost, what, two games? 26-2 and two career record. That's, that's crazy to think. So looking over some numbers, um, 
We get Louisville last year was eight and five, Alabama thirteen and one, national champions. Uh, I don't really think they should have been there, but that's another story. Um, the fact that you don't play for your conference championship and then you get rewarded for just playing a le- one last game, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I do think it's funny how the year before those Saban was like. I feel like you should be. You should have to play for your conference championship to get in the next year. He's in the opposite boat. But I mean, if we were out of the ACC title game looking in, and Clemson lost in the title game to a three-loss uh, opponent, I'd be okay a little bit getting into the national championship like that. So yeah. Um, so looking at some of the numbers from last year, Louisville's offense was. I mean, it was one of the best offenses Bobby's ever had as far as yardage goes, yardage and scoring goes. I mean, Louisville averaged uh, scoring offense. They averaged 36.3 points per game. That's that's a lot of points to average. Uh, total offense 437.3. But you got to think we lose a lot of that with Lamar. And yes, but we also can get back to more more running the ball with the running backs than yeah. being Lamar. And the, the, the I just want to go ahead and say this ahead of time when we talk about this because I think we're on pretty much on the same wavelength when it comes to Lamar. We both think Lamar's by far the best player to ever play at Louisville. Oh, hands down. But I've made a statement before, and I'll make it again in this, once you get done with your point here, that I think we're have a, we're going to have a bigger loss than Lamar off this team coming into this year. So, the offenses, we're losing a lot with Lamar, but we have Jawan, and we're, like you said, we're going to get to more conventional Bobby Ball where we're handing the ball off, running it down your throat, but still you know, big plays down the field. I get where you're coming from on that. So you're talking about when we finally have to lose Jawan in the future coming off. It's going to be a bigger hit to our – No, I'm saying I'm saying off the team last year, I think that Jair Alexander is a bigger loss for this team than Lamar Jackson oh, is. Oh, okay. I get what you're – you mean on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I just think as far as the team goes, I think if we're looking – the brass tacks, we really look what it's coming down to. I think that Jair Alexander is – not a not an exponentially bigger, but I think he's a bigger loss than what Lamar is. I agree with that, but I will. The thing I think is going to offset that though is the loss of Peter Servin. Yeah, I, I don't know if it'll offset it, but it'll definitely help. It'll, yeah, it'll definitely it'll, it'll help minimize it a lot. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, man. How even though we know our defense is going to be young and we lost a lot, our fans are a lot more upbeat about our defense than what they were last well, year. Because a lot of the players we have. I don't really follow a lot of recruiting, so this is kind of a lot of hearsay. But from what I know from people we brought in, from what I've seen them, they're fast, they're smart, they were talented. Yeah. A lot of them were three and four, three star recruits. So the, from what I see, the talent's there. It's just it wasn't utilized last year. I mean, when you're lining up on third and four and you get them ten yards just chilling them off the line. Yeah. You got a Brian Van Gorder coming in and likes to attack. I feel like we're going to be much, much improved. I mean, with Bobby Ball, which is I feel like what we're going to go back to, that's the type of defense we need. Um, it makes me – it kind of bums me out that uh, – what was the what was the first uh, defensive coordinator he had when he first came here? Oh, Todd Grantham. Todd Grantham. It, it kind of upsets me that they didn't get along because it was – there was a lot of times where our defense just looked ridiculous under him. And then sometimes it would look really bad. See, I was anti-Grantham from the hire. I think a lot of the reason his defense looks so good was because we still had those Charlie recruits. I could definitely see that. And they were still disciplined under Charlie and coached under Charlie. Yeah, because, I mean, his first year we had uh, we had the NCAA uh, leader in interceptions. Gerard Holloway. Yeah, and Gerard Holloway. Holloway, yeah. 
Uh, no, Gerard Holloman. I did say okay. So yeah, you said it right. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think there was a lot of things going along with that stuff, and then you go from that to Peter Sermon, and it was like we've been mocked by two different SEC teams when we've gotten our last two defensive coordinators. Like, you should know something's bad when the other team's willing to trade you straight up. Your yeah. coordinator. Yeah, and, and you're already frustrated with the one that you're getting rid of. Mm-hmm. So, so. And I didn't think Grantham was awful. Don't be wrong. My biggest thought with Grantham was he was going to do just good enough to where he'd be able to keep his job, but he wasn't going to be a top ten coordinator. I guess it's just easier for me to like him because he actually uh, blitzed. And that was – well, yeah, that's what I actually liked is because Sermon never blitzed. And like you said, every time there was a third and four, third and five play, his guys were nine, ten yards off. And it wasn't – and it, the players just were taught that way. What frustrated me the most, though, even more than that, was the lack of discipline when they were tackling. Oh, my goodness. Like, just there was one run, I think it was the Boston College game. You have him in the backfield, and he somehow busted out and scored a touchdown. If, yeah, I, that, if I'm that, thinking of the right game. Yeah, that was the game where their their freshman running back ran for like 200-something yards. It was something. It was, yeah, it was, it was frustrating. Yes. A lot of last year was frustrating. Especially uh, when you – Waste the talent like Lamar on the defense we had last year, and we couldn't capitalize on that. That that was for our fans last year was one of the most frustrating years I think we've had in football because losing. I mean, we almost lost the very first game at, at against Purdue in Indy. You go into that first game and you lose Jair. What in the second quarter? It was early in the game, and it definitely showed because our defense got torched. By a team that was what three and nine the year before, and I mean now, granted, Brom has turned it around, and I think he'll do great things there. Uh, but there was no reason with the talent that we had that that game should have been that close last year. Uh, the talent we had last year, there's no reason we should have went eight and five. Oh, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Especially losing that last game. I mean, it, that game showed you how much we how much we missed. Uh, Jair Alexander because he sat out the ball game. I still don't think they played awful in the bowl game, even defensively. I don't think they played great, but I mean the four picks we had yeah. did not help at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched the game. You were there, right? Yeah, you went down to Jacksonville. Um, I will say I was sick that game, so I don't really have the best memory of it. But I, I felt like two, two of those interceptions were his fault. But I think the other two just like our receivers did all last season, drop balls and going right through their hands and then going to the defender. So, scoring offense from last year, like I said, 36.3 points. You got to think with a lot of those offensive players back outside of Lamar, I think our offensive scoring will be, I think, I think it will get close to it. And there's another thing that keeps getting overlooked. This is now year two under the O-line coach that we used to have back. Uh, Mike Summers. Know, that's it. I couldn't think yeah. of the name. Yeah, Mike Summers. From back when we won the Orange Bowl. Yeah, I, I think that, every Louisville fan say, that is a Louisville fan loves Mike Summers. And those O-lines produced a few uh, big, big hitters in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, what he had, Eric Wood, Jason Spitz, Breno Giacomini. Yeah, I mean, he coached a lot of great players. Uh, moving down, we have total offense from last year. This was something that I'll I'll talk about here in just a second. I'll talk about here in just a second is uh, scoring, the scoring uh, deficit. 
I mean, like I said, Alabama went 13-1 and lost one game, and that was the Iron Bowl against Auburn. But they're, they only averaged less than four points more than, their, than the team they were playing. 28.2 scoring offense for them, and scoring defense was 24.5. That's crazy to think for me for an Alabama team. Just having a four-point difference like that? Yeah. I mean, you. It, that's what's crazy about this is we're a 24-point underdog, according to ESPN. They give us a 13.5% chance of winning. And you go back and look at Alabama last season. So... It's they they don't blow they don't they rarely blow teams out. The last time they did was last year when they when they blew out Vanderbilt. I just pulled up their uh, schedule from last year. It's got all the scores, and I'm looking at it. I think what we were looking at right there might be off. If you look at the math, I mean, I don't see how they're averaging 24 points a game. I only see no. They averaged 28, and I, I meant the defense averaged gave up 24 points a game. I only see one game where they gave up more than 24. Yeah, then that has to be wrong then. Yeah. I mean, they they rolled through their schedule looking through pretty easily. I mean, just looking at their last five games, they they lost the game to Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the only game they gave up more than 24 points to. So that kind of makes you think we can, get, we can get 25 points on the board. You're, I mean, yeah, you get 25 points on the board, you're going to do well against Alabama. Because uh, like you're like you're saying that that rarely happens. Their last five games: beat Mississippi State 31-24, beat Mercer 56 to nothing, lost to Auburn 26 to 14, beat Clemson 24 to six, and beat uh, Georgia in overtime 26-23. So yeah, I do. I don't. I don't know where that math is coming from either. on that because just from those. I thought it was a little off when we were first reading it, and I didn't think to look at it until we just got to talking. About yeah, th- those first five games right there, they only scored 24 points once. Mm-hmm. Like you said, so it, it doesn't really make sense. So maybe maybe that is just a misprint. So that's something we'll just have they to chalk up to. Four. Yeah, <laughs> or fourteen maybe. That, that might be what it is. Is fourteen because fourteen would make a lot more sense for an Alabama defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but something you pointed out, they gave up a lot of yards last year. They gave up four hundred one point six yards as a defense. What and. We're looking at the same thing that had that point total, so it kind of makes me wonder if maybe that's a little off too. I mean, it might be, but uh, I, I don't know, man. That that because that is a lot of. I mean, just to put it in perspective, our defense last season gave up 460 yards. Now that I definitely believe. I, I'm surprised it wasn't more. Yeah. So <laughs> that that gives you a little. Uh, perspective of how crazy it is to hear about a team that's always known for their defense giving up 401 yards to I mean granted they play a great schedule um, fine yeah looking at their schedule from last year there's they what they they blew out uh, they blew out Florida State in the first game but they also lost Francois. But they, but that's the thing though. They didn't lose Francois to the fourth quarter. Was Francois, that late? Yeah, he was because we had a game the same time, Louisville did. So we were, I think it was, yeah, dur- it was during the Purdue game. So we didn't get to watch it. But yeah, they didn't lose Francois to the first quarter or the fourth quarter. So, I, yeah, they lost him, and that's another thing, man. They're they're having a quarterback controversy, and 
I think they they named Francois the uh, they named Francois the starter there. There's a it's crazy. We were talking about this yesterday when we we're how many great teams there are that are having quarterback battles. Georgia's got one. Clemson has one. Alabama's uh, got one. Yeah. Um, I, and it's crazy because some of those might be better than what the guys that are normally starting. Well, like Georgia, the guy that they're having a battle with came in for their hurt quarterback last year, and he got you to a national title game. Something that, that I looked at from last year, uh, the Colorado State game. I think we're better than what Colorado State was last year, and they lost 41-23 to in Alabama. Now, this is a neutral site game. I told you I thought that our fan breakdown, I think it'll be 60-40, 70-30. They gave them a lot of tickets. No, I agree with that. And that's not a very far drive for them. It's actually, a, I think it's like a 10-hour drive for them, too. It's a, I, I had a, yeah, I guess my I guess my buddy lives pretty much right by Florida, the Florida tip, so. Yeah, it uh, sounds like it's so much closer because, I mean, the state does border Florida, but. I mean, yeah, the only game that they gave up around 24 points was the Auburn game. Or, no, they did it three times. Auburn, nine Georgia. Nine-hour drive. Nine-hour drive, yeah. yeah, so about three hours more than us. But it seems, geographically, it seems a lot closer. Yes. I mean, it's it sits right on the panhandle. Right? Yeah. Not the panhandle, though. Right there on the on the coat or on oh, the, uh, of it. yeah. So, I mean, looking at their scores from last year, they did blow out, you know, teams like Fresno State and Vandy and Ole Miss. But you look at teams that were – I mean, they played a lot of bad teams last year. Arkansas was bad. Tennessee was bad. Uh, Ole Miss was bad. Vandy was bad. Mercer was bad. The good teams that they played – like, so let's take into account Mississippi State last year. We Mississippi State 31-24. And that was a game we should not have lost. No, that was Alabama beating. No, no, I know. Oh, yeah. That was a game we should have lost in the bowl game. Yeah. I mean, they beat LSU 24-10. Mm-hmm. LSU's always going to have a tough defense. But even if they can't score, they're always going to slow you down on the, defensive, on the defensive side. Now, they did kind of – I wouldn't say embarrassed, but they were they were pretty much in control of the Clemson game the whole time. That was that game shocked me when I watched it last year. I, I couldn't believe they did that to them. I, I couldn't either. I don't think they would do it to them this year, though. I I, I kind of hope they'll play because I want it. That's a game that I do want to see. I don't want them to play because that means we're not in there. Yeah, that's true. I'm still holding out. It's week one, man. Yeah, you're right. It is week one. So, who who is somebody on both sides of the ball? We were listening to uh, the radio earlier on on our phones, and uh, you know they were talking about who they who we thought were going to win the. By the way, I don't. To go back a little bit. I don't know if, if you guys saw this, but uh, we actually went to – I want to talk about what we did last night because that was really, really fun. Uh, at least I thought it was. No, it was actually a good one. Last couple I went to, I didn't have much fun at, but last night's fan appreciation was a good time. We went to the team hotel, and they had a uh, Louisville fan appreciation. Um, I mean, we were standing there with the – I mean, the big guys at UofL or, you know, some of the guys on the radio and stuff. We sat there and talked with Vince Tyree for, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, that dude is – he's legit. I liked – that last night made me really, really like Vince And I even told him exactly how it felt when he first got hired, and he was just like, well, man, I'm glad I'm uh, not not disappointing you at least. Yeah, it was funny. I want I want you to kind of tell that story. I'll set it up. So we're, we're standing there, and uh, – 
Ty Ray goes up to get a drink, and Chris is like, dude, you need to talk to him. I was like, okay, I will. So, you know, he gets his drinks, and he turns around and says, hey, hey, Vince, how you doing? You know, start talking. And, like, we talked to him about everything. We were just bullcrapping there for a while, and then I kind of got it a little bit real, and I guess it made it to where Chris was like, well, I'm going to say my two cents as well. Because I was like, man, I'm just going to say from a fan perspective, we're, we're behind you, and we're glad that you took the high road on the stuff with the Jurich emails. Um, we all, all of our fan base loves Tom Jurich for what he did, and we're glad that you feel the exact same way, and it just sucks that that stuff has happened. And we were glad to hear you on the radio take the high road instead of getting back into it and just keep hashing out. Because that's the last thing that Louisville fans want now. Get away from drama. That's what we're trying to do. So I say that, and I think it just – brought Chris's courage up to say this story. You got you got to tell this story. This First off, we got free drink tickets all at the place, and people kept giving them to us. So I did have about five LITs before we even got to me talking to them. No, that you were, on about, you were on about yeah. six or seven at that point. So I, I don't think Brandon's uh, getting real as a fan gave me the courage. I think I already, <laughs> already had it. But, uh, so we go up there, we're talking after Brandon makes this comment. I was like, well, you know, I'm going to give you my fan perspective too. I was like, when you first got hired and I heard you played baseball at UK, I was really against the hire. Like, <laughs> I understand your dad played ball here. And he was a big big person here. But the fact that you played for UK was something that was hard for me to look past. And then, uh, so then the first time I actually met you was in Jacksonville at the bowl game. And I walked up to say hi, and you kind of just brushed me off. And I was like, man, this guy's just a jerk. I guess my impression is right. <laughs> so then I've seen more and more of what you're doing. I'm like, all right, I'm – He's getting me back and more and more on your side. Yeah. And I was like, and now finally here talking to you tonight, you've got me all the way back over. You've won me over. I think I'm okay with you now. But <laughs> he's he's, like, he was like, oh, I'm glad you gave me another chance, yeah, man. I'm was, sorry that I, that I did that to you. And when I told him about the uh, UK thing, he just like, see, I played baseball there, but that's not where my heart is. He's like, it's always been here at UofL. He's like, the story he told us about playing Nerf basketball in his dorm room. Oh. He said his two, him and his buddy used to wear U of L stuff yeah. and play Nerf basketball <laughs> against his other two buddies who wore UK stuff while he was in UK's dorm. And I'll tell you from experience, wearing U of L and UK dorm is not a very friendly atmosphere. So <laughs> yeah, you you learned that one from experience. I did. I did. Yeah, you actually told him that story. That was pretty funny. But we got to talk to him for yeah, like a good 15, 20 minutes. It, out of last night was a blast, man. We got to meet a lot of the radio guys. We got to see um, what I was actually referring the to. last guy we talked to was really cool. I liked him. Uh, we actually talked to Howie Lindsay. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah, Howie Lindsay. He's the, the guy we talked to as we were leaving. And he's... He, I mean, he was a really nice guy. Um, but we were... Um, we were we were sitting there, and I think you had gone off to get a drink, and I was standing there with Gary, and John Ramsey was there, so I start, we started talking. And uh, he shows me the... Boxing gloves and the belt. Yes. Which, if you guys haven't seen that, I cannot wait until we get to use it. We'll use it today, I'm guessing. Oh, we um, got to. We're going to. Yeah. The touchdown gloves and the turnover belt. We're kind of stealing the idea from that Miami started with turnover chain and making it better. Yep. We got a, we got a little twist of Louisville with it. Yeah. I mean, we have signed boxing gloves of Muhammad Ali. So, my thing is, I'm ready for... One of our D linemen, like G.G. Robinson, go ahead and pick that off and rumbling, stumbling, bumbling <laughs> to the end zone so with the gloves and the belt. That so was. I was going to say, so here's my question. So we got the gloves for offense. We got the belt for defense. 
you get a pick six on the D, do you get both of them? You get both of them. Oh, you get man. you get both of them. I cannot wait. Oh, for how it. cool is that going to be though? You get actual Muhammad Ali gloves and a championship belt that you. And they said that this isn't a replica belt. Like this yeah. is a legit belt that they got from a WBC champion. Like all this is legit. These are legit boxing gloves, mm-hmm. legit belt. Like I can't wait, man. Can't and we're either. and I'm getting amped up just talking about it. We got just under four hours until the game. And dude, I can I cannot wait to get there because I've been every day at work I'll pull up and just see okay this is where our seats are just a little bit in front of that and just keep looking at it. We, I mean I've been waiting for this game for a long time. So all of that I did all of that storytelling there to kind of bring it uh, bring it back to here. Who give me in your opinion? You don't got to give a lot of info with it, but who who you think is going to be uh, our key players on both sides of the ball? Well, oh my God. earlier I told you, uh, I think Des is Patrick's going to play a huge role on offense today. Of course, Jawan's going to be a key if he, he's got to show up. Yeah. He, he's what we expect him to be. Uh, but I'm going to take it a little differently today. I'm going to go with the old line. Yeah. I think you're going up against an Alabama front. You're an old line that, in the past, we've had issues with our old line under Lamar and then a lot of false start penalties and things like that. And yeah. they got a lot better last year. And I'm really curious to see how much it's going to improve coming into this year and then just the sheer size we have on that line i think the don't quote me on this but i think this what i read was like six foot three or six foot five 320 pounds is our average size on linemen yeah it's it, we're big and man i went through the depth chart and looked at it, i think i only seen a couple of guys under 300 pounds so we have uh under 300 pounds we have backup for right tackle at donna spoon it's 295 yeah and they're not even they're not far under yeah. but Backup center is 293, Nate Scheller. Uh, Caleb Chandler, backup uh, left guard is 295. And backup left tackle, Tyler Haycraft, is 295. Everybody else on the O-line is over 300 pounds. And that's that's big boy football. I mean, Makai Becton is a oh. man-child. Did you see him when we Sick. walked through the lobby last night? Yeah. yeah we, the so, first thing I said is when we walked by, I was like, as a big man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we walk in the very front door, and the, the hotel that they're staying in, by the way, is humongous, and it's very, very nice. It's got a weird name, but it... Yeah, what was it? It's like the... Rosen Shingle Hotel? Yeah, Rosen Shingle, something like that. That place is huge. It reminds me of the hotels in Vegas, though. That's what I was telling you. Really nice, really big inside, but without the casino. <laughs> that's what was. That's what's weird about it, is that they don't have a casino like the ones in Vegas do. So... We're walking through. We walked through the front doors. That's where our Uber dropped us off, and uh, that was. If you guys saw my Facebook live last night, you saw what we did before that. I choked on the 18th hole of our putt putt game oh. with a two stroke lead. So that's what I meant to say when we first opened this up. I was going to ask you how did that uh, putt putt <laughs> game turn out last yeah, night? Yeah, so I slipped my mind. <laughs> so uh, we roll over to the hotel and we walk in the front door and we're trying to find where this is. But when we walk in the front door. All the players start walking towards us, Des Fitzpatrick, Mackay Becton, uh, some of the receivers and other receivers, some other linemen and stuff. He walks past us, past this man, and it's like, Jesus, man. The guy is six foot seven, 355 pounds. And that sounds big, but then when you see it, <laughs> it's, it's a different big. <laughs> yeah, it's humongous. And to think, man, he's only a true sophomore. He's only a true sophomore. What do you got to eat to get that big, that young? Uh, yes. <laughs> There's no th- everything. Uh, so your 
your uh, X factor on offense is our offensive line. Myself, I'm going to I'm going to take the the running backs because I know it's going to be uh, by committee. But and if we're going to get if we're going to be able to win this game, we're going to have to be able to do it with a balanced Bobby Petrino type offense attack. We're going to have to be able to run the ball, so it kind of coincides with yours because the offensive line is going to have to open up holes for them. But our running backs are going to have to, A, hold on to the football because that is something that since Bobby's been back, I felt like we've had a huge problem with his fumbling. And, B, looking at Colin Wilson and Dave Williams, stay healthy. Now, we do get um, we do get Jeremy Smith back, who also struggled with fumbles, uh, but they're saying he probably is going to play. Oh, is he really on? Yeah, that was I mean, a nice surprise to read the other day. I mean, he's not. You got to think he's not really learning the new offense. Mm-hmm. He's already he's already been in it for what three four years. So it is. It was a nice surprise because you know last year in December he was a what grad he was trying to do a grad transfer thing and didn't end up leaving. So um, let's move over to the defensive side. If you had to pick somebody on the defensive side, who you think is going to be uh, an X factor for us, or is going to be? Uh, a game changer that could help us win. Well, earlier my first thought was Dorian Etheridge. Yeah. I mean, he as a freshman last year, he played pretty solid. I really think I want to see what he does in his jump from freshman to sophomore year. I think he could really be a big key player for us this year. Yeah, I, I like Dorian Etheridge's game a lot. I think he had double-digit tackles in a lot of games last year. Uh, if I had to pick an area. I'm going to steal your thunder from the offensive side and go with our defensive defensive line. Our defensive line is going to have to get in there and pressure, whether it's Tua, whether it's Jalen Hurts, they're going to have to put pressure on them. Because at the end of the day, if you're letting them sit back there, and our, our, our defense is young. I think if we're looking at this team, we're really built for next year. Which... We have a lot of talent, but we're really built for next year. Next year, we should take a huge jump. And I always hate playing for next year, so I want to see. I would love to see him make that surprise jump this yeah. year, like. Uh, kind of like how Rush East had to jump into the fire last year when Jair went down. That's. I mean, we get Rajay Burns, the transfer that went to Trinity, that went that that was at Ohio State. Uh, he'll be he'll be one of our starting DBs. We have Cornelius Sturgill back, Rush East back. So we have three DBs back, but we don't have Jair. Um, D. Smith is also back. Kane Pass is also back, uh, the older brother of Jawan. So, and we also have a, something that is also a big deal. Um, we have Creaky and our, and Mason King back. Blaine Creaky is a redshirt junior, and has quietly become a really really good kicker. Blaine Creaky is he gets up there and he very rarely doesn't doesn't come through when it comes to kicking a field goal. And that's that's big, especially in games that uh, we'll probably have. It's close games. We're gonna make. We're gonna have to make sure that he kicks those, you know, knocks through those field goals. So if we're we're looking over Bama's roster, you see five star after five star after five star. Whether it doesn't matter what position you look at, uh, you just see him all over the place. And for, as a fan base. You know, when you hear Bama, you're like, man, this is great. I can't wait to play him. At least that's the way we feel about it. We couldn't wait to come down here and watch us play him. But there's always the, well, what are we going to do? So in order for us to 
get this win, what do you what do you think we're gonna have to do? Oh, easy. We just gotta score more points than they do. That's I I, <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. You know, it's something what, a lot of people overlook. It is, it is yeah. <laughs> it is scoring more points than the other team. Yes. Uh, really, I think the biggest thing we need to do, based on typical what I've seen out of that, we gotta somehow stop that run or at least slow it down. Um. Second thing we gotta do, we gotta put points on the board against them and not make mistakes and beat ourselves. Yeah. Alabama thrives off you making that mistake that they don't make. Um, I read an interesting article on Card Chronicle the other day, and it said one of the keys to beating Alabama might not be putting up a lot of rush yards yourself, but actually scoring through the air. Because um, they have, while they're, they look at their last three losses they've had. And while the rush attempts were there, their yards wasn't. Like, I think the Clemson game in the national title game, they ran the ball 40 times for, I think, 90 yards maybe. Yeah. But Deshaun Watson threw for 400 yards or something, some big number. So it's like, we can get Juwan Pass to come in there. We get the rush attempts to keep him honest. And if he's throwing the ball down the field to our receivers and we can get the protection he needs, I think the key is going to be us putting up points through the air. Yeah. And, Stopping that run as best we can. Something like we were just talking about is, I think that key number is twenty-four. Mm-hmm. You get over twenty-four with Alabama and points-wise, and you're definitely got you got a shot to win the game at that point. Yeah. So, you think the biggest key is is scoring through the air? I think it's going to be one of the biggest ones. Yes, <clears throat> and not beating ourselves. Yeah. So you can't make those mistakes. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with two different things as. I'm just doing total cop out all the whole show today. Uh, first one, we got to control the line of scrimmage. We got to control the line of scrimmage on both sides. We just like I, I took the, it's like you took the offensive line in the first thing with what, what which player do you think's the, the X factor? And you took the whole line. I took the D line. We got to control the, the we got to control the the trenches. Our defense is going to have to play better than what they think that we what we project them to be. See, I don't think the defense – like, they can't play any worse than last year. That's true. So, I think the defense automatically is going to come in much improved from last year. Yeah. So, I think that's going to be something that's going to surprise a lot of us fans. I'm, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping we get in there, man, and they just make stop after stop. Speaking of, uh, if you look over your shoulder at the TV, they got both the Alabama quarterbacks on there right now. Yeah. Alabama QB competition. And – Another thing, man, that I was listening to the radio. Go ahead, what's up? So I'm looking at the TV. I did not realize Jalen Hurts is responsible for 61 touchdowns, the second most of an Alabama quarterback. <laughs> and that's the thing. And there's a controversy because of, I mean, you think back to the Auburn game. He struggled in that game. They struggled in the first half of the Georgia game. Those are two great defenses, though. Did Lamar get 61 in a year? <laughs> he, had six, he had 50, I think. 50, I know it's, it's up there. 50 or you 60. You did your uh, Facebook count, count up every yeah, time you score one. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping I get to do that with somebody else this year. I think I'm going to do it with Juwan this year. I think I'm going to continue that on with, uh, the, was, with the quarterback. You should. It was fun to watch. It was, it's pretty Especially cool. when you have Lamar and you pop up eight of them in one day. <laughs> it, was, it was funny because I was doing it and I wasn't seeing anything with it. And some people were just like, "What? Is, what is this? And then finally, after a while, like, oh, it's Lamar's touchdown counter. Mm. Yeah, (laughs) I've been doing this the whole time. So, yeah, I mean, hey, maybe maybe Juwan will put up those uh, Lamar Charlotte uh, first half numbers, (laughs) throw eight touchdowns, or have eight touchdowns. That was absolutely crazy to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, I know we talked before this, and you don't really like giving scoring predictions. So, we'll just go, what What do you think is going to happen in the game? You can give your head and heart, or you can give what you really think is going to happen. I like a little De Corso right there. Yeah. Head and the heart. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to be, this isn't coming from just a fan perspective. I really think Louisville's going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be a tough game. It's not going to be an easy game. But I just think we have the right mix of things, and everything's kind of in place right now to where we could pull this upset early in the season. If we were playing them late in the season, I would be a lot more hesitant to make this pick for the simple fact that Alabama would have more time coming that more cohesive unit on defense. Yeah. Because they're losing. They're only bringing back, I think, three starters on defense. And usually when they have a great team to start the season, they brought back, I think, five starters. Yeah. And, and the quarterback controversy. and The quarterback controversy. And then, uh, <clears throat> of course, they do have talent. They're bringing in five stars everywhere, like we said, four stars. There's no lack of talent. It's just the cohesiveness as a unit. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think it's actually going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I'm the over-under, I think, is at 60 now. I've seen that. I think it's going to be something in the – I feel like 30 points is going to be what you need to win the game today. I think – I hope I'm right because that's going to make it for fun to watch. Yes, Absolutely. But Especially if you're putting up 30 points on Alabama. Yes. And I definitely do not see it being a blowout on Alabama's favor. I don't see it being a blowout either either way. Yeah. But I think a 24-point line is what it is right now today. Yeah, 24 points. I think that's just insane to think of 24 points. That's probably the fan part. Yeah. But um, So I think, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think Will is going to pull it out. I think we're going to come out on fire, ready to play, build up a decent lead early, kind of like we did in that Florida game. Except for Alabama, I think is going to make their comeback, unlike Florida. And I think we're going to pull it off at the end. By the way, um, I told you about this yesterday. We were talking because we were talking about Sugar Bowl because you went to that. You pretty much go to all the ball games, um, and you were at the Sugar Bowl. And I said, man, you know what's crazy to think is that team was so great. That Florida team, they lost one game all season. See, I and thought that Florida team was the best in the country. The only reason they didn't make it was because they fumbled going to score against Georgia. Yeah. I mean, they were down, I think, eight points. I still had to make the two-point conversion. But you take that team, they gave us no shot in that game. Mm-hmm. Louisville has more pros off that team than Florida did. Do you think it could be because a lot of their players got in trouble? And, no, I'm kidding. Well, no, that was last year. Yeah, I was, I was kidding on that. Yeah, but that's – we, they literally gave a zero shot in that game. Every every commentary, it's, it, this is exactly – you look at it now, it's exactly the same thing. I honestly gave us zero shot in that game as well. I wasn't we happy did. about it either. I didn't think we had any chance of beating them, any chance of stopping their run game. I woke up game day, though, with a different feeling. I had just had a gut feeling they were going to pull it off. But I went down there to the game just like I went for the – I hate bringing this up, but the Final Four game against yeah. UK. I didn't think we had any chance of winning that game. I mean, that was one of – Hate giving UK credit, but one of the best teams I've seen them have, and they were fun to watch. Yeah, like, I loved watching Anthony Davis and Kid Gilchrist. But I went down there just to party, and I did the same thing for the Sugar Bowl. I mean, it's been a week on Bourbon Street. Yeah, but then I woke up game day, and it's like we're gonna win this game. Yeah, I, I told you uh, because you've been down here since Thursday. Yes, I came down yesterday, and uh, by the way, we met at Giordano's. Fantastic. 
Always, never it, disappoints. No, never had a bad pizza from there. <laughs> except for, don't order their pizzas online and have them shipped to you. They're not that good. No. you got to go there and experience I it. I mean, heck, even the heated up pizza this morning was pretty good. Because mm-hmm. I, I had three pieces left, and I was like, man, you want a slice? And he was like, no. And then I heat it up, and he smells it. And he, like, gives me that stare of, like, the little kid that wants a piece but won't say anything. It's like, hey, I waited till you finished before I asked for Well, no, I, I I was like, yeah, man, take a slice whenever. And then I had the biggest slice left, and it was the last one, and I was like, I'm done. I didn't say it, but I was like, man, you want this? He's like, oh, I can't take the last one. So just take the last slice. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving it to you because I don't want it. So, yeah, we that was our breakfast today. Uh, so I'm going to give my score prediction here. Um this game is, I agree with you 100% on a lot of those things. I think this game is going to be a lot closer than what pundits think. Um, I think the, I'm not going to say quiet confidence because we're definitely not being quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, the confidence that our team has going with the zero chance that everyone else is giving us, I think is a mixture of success for us. Um I'm going to go with a score of 34-28 Louisville. I'm going to go 34-28 Louisville. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Alabama's going to have the game or have the ball at the end of the game down six points. We're going to be on the edge of our seats nervous. Actually, we'll be standing up and we'll be like this, like about to pull our hair out, and our defense will be the one that saves the game. We either get a turnover on downs or a turnover. That'd be something and nice. That'd be a nice change of pace to see our defense come out and force a turnover to end the game. Victory formation in Camp Memorial Stadium, and we come back and do a celebration episode. <laughs> so I don't know if you want me on after this. <laughs> that that one might be one that I put as a uh, parental advisory episode. <laughs> that one might be because that, if that. If that's the way it happens. The way I partied after we beat Florida, it's going to be next level if we pull out. Even though it's a regular season game, yeah, it's still Alabama. It's still a team that you've always wanted to play because it's cream of the crop in college football. Yeah. yeah, Alabama, Ohio State, those are the teams you want to play. Even though we play Clemson every year, it still doesn't have that same prestige that Alabama football brings. No. Alabama is the UCLA or Kentucky of football is what they are. Alabama is that. And it's a team that every time they play, they have a target on their back because everyone wants to beat them. And they they rise up every time. So yeah. So it's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, I'm hoping this storm doesn't come back. I'm looking at the sky. It kind of looks a little sketchy, but that's Florida. Mm-hmm. They say uh, when it rains in Florida, wait 20 minutes and it'll be gone. Yeah. So check, you know, check the weather out. Yeah. Uh, after this episode, you know, I'm going to upload this episode, and then we're just going to roll right down there and watch some football in one of the restaurants around the stadium, I believe. I actually got a call back to the people we're meeting. Yeah. They were calling during the show, and I was like, nah, don't stop it, man. They've been keeping me waiting. I'll keep them waiting now. <laughs> so, uh, guys, I hope you liked this episode. It was fun to have Chris on. Thanks for coming on, man. I know you didn't really have a ch- uh, choice because we were sleeping in the same hotel room, so you didn't really have a choice. And hey, we've been talking about the game all week anyway. Hey, that was no problem. I mean, it's kind of – Fun when you just surprise me, hey man, we'll put you on the show when I have no time to prepare. So I was just like, all right, let's roll with it. That's honestly, you- it's honestly the best way to do it because, I mean, he was like, man, I don't know if I could do it, man. I'm feeling kind of nervous. And I was like, you'll be fine. It's just like we're talking. And you did it like, like a champ, man. Yeah, I couldn't even tell. I mean, 
I don't take it. You sounded nervous at all. Well, you know, it's because I got a face for radio, man. <laughs> face for the radio. <laughs> so, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Most importantly, go cards. That's yeah. I. I can't say that enough. I cannot wait. Uh, I'll be back home tomorrow, hopefully with a with a W. Uh, I actually posted a picture on my Snapchat yesterday saying I'm bummed I can't go to Toy Story Land. But oh, by the way, the key for my hotel room—I asked her if I could keep it. It's Jesse from Toy Story. The hotel that I have has a bunch of Toy Story stuff, and Chris was like, "Oh, no wonder he picked this hotel." And I was like, "Dude, I had no idea. This was just literally the hotel I chose off of off of the app that I used." Um, but my buddy was like, "Man, why can't why can't you go to Toy Story Land?" I said, "Man, it's a business trip. I came down here for a W. That's it." Should have went yesterday, man. I'd have went with you if you wanted to go. Oh, nah. We're good. I think we had a good time, really. I mean, we went to that ice bar. That Absolutely, place was cool. Yeah. Like, literally cool. Uh, yeah, it was, what, <laughs> 20 degrees? 20 degrees, yeah. Yeah, 20 degrees in there. Everything was made of ice. Even uh, the cups we were drinking out of were made of ice. Yeah, the drinks were made of um, apparently pure gold with how expensive they were. Yes. <laughs> when she told us the price was 10 bucks to get into the ice chest to drink, and then she's like, yeah, your second drink's going to be only half off. It's going to be only half off. And we're like, no, it's going to be $4 more. Okay, That's yeah. what it was. So the first drink was $16. The <laughs> second drink was $4. So we paid $20 for two drinks. Yeah. <laughs> 30 bucks if you're kind of getting into it. Yeah, that was that was nuts, man. But it was it was a good time. I think that place would be, no pun intended, cool if there was more people in there. Oh, yeah. I think it or would be. Or if we had pants because we went in there in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get out and our hands felt all weird and stuff. Yeah, go from 18 degrees to 100 degree heat in Florida. Yeah. But guys, I hope I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a good time uh, recording it. Uh, a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, let me know what you guys think. Comment on. Uh, I'm a, when I post it, you know, I'll tag Chris. A way you guys can uh, find his humor on Facebook as well because he posts some funny stuff on there sometimes. I try not to post too much on there. It seems so. like every time you do post, it's always something really funny. <laughs> or you share like a cool Louisville video or something. So, um, I, I mean, like I said, I think there's some good stuff in here. I'm going to put this out, though, asking for your off-score predictions. Um, I'm not going to give my score prediction away in the in the uh, comments section, though. I'll just I'll let you guys listen to the episode and tell you what, what you think. Uh, so... Let me know what you guys think of, of my score prediction. I'll listen to your score prediction. And uh, go cards. Later.